Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken, the rugby podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Welcome back to Rocket with me, Kieran Bracken, your host. And this week we're joined by Irish legend and Leicester legend, Jordan Murphy. Rocket with Kieran Bracken. Ah, look at that. Jordan Murphy looks a star. Look at the rock star. Look at you. Sorry you I'm late. Sorry I'm late, mate. I'm all right. I'm hey, sorry. Not, not at all. If you just go out of the shower, you're looking all hot and bothered. Or you just well, had supper. Had a shower, just had supper, was shoving food down my gob, um, just trying to give the wife a hand, get the, the army to bed. Oh, um, how many have you got? We had a little girl last Thursday night, so she's just a week old. Well, she'd be a week old in 40 minutes. Shut up. Yeah, uh, I and know. You look surprisingly good, my man. She, oh, Jesus. Well, I mean, I the thought that. of doing a podcast, you must have thought, oh, I've got to talk rugby, I've got to talk, talk shite. Let me just have a break, please. <laughs> I love it, mate. You know what I'm like. How many have you got? Three, two, three, two little boys. So we've got a uh, Rex who's five and a half. He'll be six next September. Um, we've got Oscar who's going to be three on the 18th of April. And then we've got Ottilie who was born a week ago. So, um, Ottilie. Ottilie, yeah. Ottilie. Oh, hang on a Wait, Ottilie. What's that? What's, uh, what's that from? Ottilie, is it? Uh, I believe, I don't know. It's it's a French name. There's a, there's a poem um, by Robert Louis Stevenson to Ottilie. Um, but I already know that because I Googled it. Um, <laughs> Who came up with the name then? The missus? Right. The missus. Is she French? No, she's she's not. She's she's actually her father is half German, but it's they oh, reckon that, they reckon it's the female version of Otto or Ottoline. Um, but right. I, I I'd never heard it. And we had some other names. So she was born last Thursday and, and we had some names and we were kind of going, Oh, it's this, it's that. And then she was born and we kind of took one look at her and Annika's like, my wife is Annika, and she was like, nah it's it's not that it's not that oh really so, um, so we were um we kind of stood there and she she had no name for about two and two and a half days yeah um, so at one stage it was right well first try scorer on the weekend england ireland would we'll just name her that and it was obviously Earlsy did a good job but i didn't think it would suit a girl so <laughs> uh, i was, I was going, well maybe, maybe not that um oh brilliant so we, oh, um, amazing yeah, wife, wife, that- yeah it's 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 different Oh mate, I love. I'm loving. I'm loving this. But I did look up. Um, I just lo- looked you up just to see what you. I mean, I'm staggered how many medals you won. I'm very jealous, by the way. But I did notice that somebody's your your family have chosen very English uh, middle names. So so we've got Jordan and Murphy. But then you've got Edward and Andrew. Gee, seriously, mate. Like, come on. You got to explain something here. Is your mum English? Your dad English? No, 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 no English. I actually did one of those heritage DNA tests recently, and it was like a uh, it was like a slap in the face. It almost came back and said, "What are you doing? Why? Uh, what did it say? I was Celtic." Like, 95% Irish, 5% Scandinavian, but but the name Murphy, but the name Murphy, Omuraku, is apparently a Viking name. So back in the day, the Vikings came cruising down, and obviously there's there's a bit of a uh, a bit left over from a uh, Viking raider somewhere on the line, I believe. What do you say? Do you send something off? Do you just, what do you do? You yeah, just give your name. It's just a swab. It's a really oh, a swab. Thing. Yeah. So you literally you do you swab yourself. You give your DNA swab and put it in a little package. Send it off to a lab in in Texas. This is a while ago. Um, and they obviously come back and, and they sort of deep break down exactly where your DNA is from, sort of codify it from sort of regions of the world and different. Jordan, people- you've got it wrong, right? What happens is you send that off. It goes to it goes to somewhere like 
Edgware in London, and there's a load of blokes going. They look you up and they go, "Yeah, just give it a bit of Irish, a little bit of this." He won't know. Give us seventy five quid. You know that's distinctly possible. But the freaky <laughs> thing was, the freaky thing was, like any of my relatives who's done it. So I have a brother in the states, um, and obviously, kind of, you, you fill in a little bit of your family tree, and then it pings up, and then they send you emails going, "What? Well, well, you know, you've got a second cousin here, a third cousin yeah. here." Kind of the tree just sort of propagate and it's um no way no look i found it really fascinating but uh yeah it didn't really need to do it to be quite honest but it was i don't really i'm not sure i want to do it i don't really want yeah. to know do yeah, you know mate, what i mean you'll get 100 irish <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine my mum's definitely a viking so yeah bloody you hell born, you were born in dublin weren't you i was born in Dub- dublin drogheda where were you born in dublin where were you born no no nice nice a little bit south of, a little bit south of drogheda but i am um, right yeah i remember when you were playing for england they uh back in the day sort of Doing well, everyone's going, well, you know, he's Irish. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Irish. Well, if I played shit, everyone went, oh, he's English. <laughs> he's English, isn't he? Do you know what? what one, of the, one of the hardest things for me ever was uh, when I first played for England. Obviously, my first game against Ireland, we basically, it was the first time I lost in an England shirt. Played against New Zealand, beat, beat the All Blacks. And then suddenly, a few games later in the Five Nations, then I was I played against Ireland. I got smashed, 1994. Gagan scored in the corner. My shorts ripped off. Worst day in an England shirt. Longest day of my life. But I just remember coming back to Ireland and seeing you know people back in Ireland, and uh, they all just ribbed the shit out of me, and they all started standing up singing the anthem. And honestly, it was just you know the crap you have in Ireland, you oh, know the bad stuff. Yeah, good, good natured abuse. I was actually at that game. You know the no schoolboy terrace. You know when you run onto the pitch on the right hand side. There's the, there was the schoolboy terrace. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was in school. I was a uh, fourth year in school. And uh, no way. What a day! You must have loved that. You must have loved that. Absolutely, Simon Gagan. What a hero, Simon Gagan and Jim Staples. I, I've uh, I've made it my mission in life to track them down and to go and have a few pints with them post lockdown. Oh wow! Two two blokes that I just thought were absolutely exceptional all the way, and I believe they're a uh, I believe they're floating around in London somewhere. So we've got to track no. them down. We've got to get Jesus. Them after this. I'm- yeah, P- Peter Clancy. I remember him saying. I remember him. Uh, when I, I walked back without any shorts on, <laughs> they got ripped off in that game. And uh, as I was walking back, he went, there's plenty more, more where that came from, little Bracken. And I remember before the game, I just remember before the game, we're all going, come on, we, we're beating the All Blacks, we can beat Ireland. And I could hear my name in the other change room. Kill a little fucker. Kill a, kill. I mean, and I thought, and I looked around and all the forwards are like, don't worry, you'll be all right. Don't worry. And I could, as we walked down the tunnel, they're all glaring at me. They're all like, oh, you traitor. But the whole game, special attention for me, it was the longest day of my life. It, yeah. You know, in those days, we'll talk a bit later about rugby. In those days, you weren't allowed to take a player off the pitch, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they, you know, literally, they had to watch me suffer for 80 minutes. And I, if, yeah. if there was, a, if ever I was going to be hauled off, it was that game after 25 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but listen, but I saw you you're commentating, weren't you? You're commentating. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you had a bit of a change of uh, role. I mean, I always, I always look at players and, you know, you know the sort of players that you think will go into the coaching, go into management. I always thought you'd go into coaching and management. Um, but I, I saw you commentating or listened to you commentating, you know, nice inside information about the players and about the game. But just want to get, where, where are you at at the moment? Because I know, I'd love to find out what happened at Leicester. Yeah, um, no, you know, yeah. 
So, so you brought in Borthwick, and he's obviously got rid of you, hasn't he? I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> what a coup! Pretty much. Nah, look. In in fairness, it's a uh, it's strange times, really, really unusual yeah. times. And and look, I, I, when I took over at Leicester a couple of years ago, and um, we were in we were in a, a, a tough spot, and, and we had we had to fight really to stay up. Probably in, in my first season, you know, we were in a relegation battle, and everyone yeah. took great pleasure in that. On the back of, I suppose, a uh, where we'd been for for a very long period of yeah. time until yeah. 2013. Um, so people were really enjoying putting the boot in and that added pressure and it was a really, you know, steep learning curve. Um, and then, you know, I kind of knew what needed to be done and, and we found ourselves in, and obviously sort of bringing Steve in as a, as a head coach was, was kind of, I was very much part of that decision and I, and I still think Steve's a great coach. Yeah. Um, but you just find yourself in really unusual times where, you know, obviously the club was massively hit and all clubs have been massively hit by the pandemic in regards to, you know, not having fans in, in the stadium. Yeah. Really yeah. hurt financially and it doesn't make sense, you know. No. I, I, to be quite honest with you, you know, the, the pressure and, and, and the, the stress of it all was, was a uh, certainly beginning to tell and, and, and beginning to take its toll. And, um, you know, I, I don't envy those guys in any of the, those coaches now at the minute because I think they're all understaffed. Everyone's had to make cuts. Everyone's, you know, really... Yeah, um, fighting to, to keep their head above the water um, until we get. So did you just go? Did you just go to the uh, the manager and said, "Look, do you know what? I really enjoyed it, but listen, this is just it's just no, it's not look, good for it, no, 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 no. It wasn't that case at all. Like I would have stayed. I, I would have. I'd have been probably. I would have been a lifer. Um, and that's you know that's yeah. the the unusual thing about it. In, in that you know I never would have chosen to have left Leicester. And I say that that's a that's a strange thing to say because eventually I did. Um, yeah. I had spoken to them about you know potentially that the, the, the mission that was ahead and rebuilding Leicester Tigers. And, you know, we'd had that conversation and that was sort of perceived to be not a very easy fix to turn the boat around. That was supposed to be a long-term fix. And, and they, um, when Steve came in, obviously the pandemic hit and we, we'd made, laid a lot of people off and kind of my contract was actually out this summer in June. Yeah. Uh, so I had kind of said to them, look, I, I need, I, after 23 years, I think I, I you know, if I'm not going to be contracted again, because kind of everything got pushed into the long grass with wage reductions and and, yeah. and the pandam- pandemic. So I was kind of thinking, you know, look, actually, I'm out of contract. I haven't really ever taken it to this stage where I'm out in six months time. Yeah. Um, I said to him, look, just just don't drag me on until March, April, and then tell me I don't have a job in July, yeah. because that's going to, you know, obviously stress me. And, and I think I'm due more than that. And in fairness, yeah. They went. The board went and sat. The Andrea, uh, so Andrea, the CEO, dragged me into to the office on, on a on a Sunday morning just before the season started, and just said, "Look, just due to the relation where we're at financially and the position wise, we're we're gonna we're, you're not gonna be we're not gonna renew your contract as of July. So you know you can stay on, and, and if you want, you can stay on and, and until June and, and you know finish the season out, and then you know make your own way into something else, or you can go now." And um, I turned around and look. My heart was on it. We were going to be playing Gloucester the, the following week, I think six days later. And I just sort of said, look, I physically wouldn't have been able to stand in the changing room with the guys and kind of go, you know, this is all great. Um, yeah. I, I knew it was there. It was, it was hit me particularly hard as it would after sort of a 23 year association. It was a, yeah. it was a tough pill to swallow, but you know, everything, all good things come to an end. And, and they, um, yeah. So, so as I said, it was, it was, you know, and, and look, you know, after a few weeks of, of, of being away from the environment, I kind of felt like a different person. I actually, oh you know, yeah, I think you know, for a while I hadn't been enjoying rugby. Um, I love yeah. rugby, um, but it, just the stresses of it. You know, when you're thinking yeah. when you're in a relegation battle and you're looking at other games and you're watching every game on the TV and you're watching every game yeah. to pick up as much as you can. And I just really felt that I um, was a uh, in a pool, just you know, struggling to keep my head above, head above water. But 
know, I, I always felt I always felt from the outside looking at your team that um, you know uh, you had you had quite a few England players who were probably on a lot of money, and then you had someone like Manu Tulang who doesn't play. You had lots of players on big budgets, and then you've got. I mean, I've seen it. Well, I was there at Southampton's when we would we would buy. Like we'd get Francois and Tim Hoare and Philippe Seller and Thomas Castagnier and da, 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 and they'd get injured, right? And then we'd have like the rest who were like, you know, okay rugby players, but then it was just it was just nuts. And because everyone saw us as like the Real Madrid, it was just a nightmare because everyone was expecting us to win all the time. And it was yeah. like, hang on a sec, Tim Horan's played four games, you know. Yeah. And I looked at your team and it's kind of like, and every team does it, they'll get They'll have a they'll have a the superstars right on the lot of money. Then the next level um, will be probably the most important level where they could play for their country or they're not getting picked, but they're not on a massive wage and they love the club and they're there. And then you've got the young guys coming through filling the gaps. But you literally had like all of the ones at the top who were England players and massive on big money either not playing well or injured, right? So then everything, and then you try and fill the gaps all the time. And every time you tried to fill a gap, it was like, then you get injured or even play well. And it was just like, how do you, how do you, like, how do you do it? You you know, you've hit the nail on the head. The strength of every team that does well in the premiership is your second team. Um, The guys who you train against, the guy who fill the gaps. And and that's always been the way, had always been the way at Leicester. You know, there was always a, a, a huge amount of talent there and thereabouts. I think, yeah. you know, the, the, the salary cap w- was a huge limiter for that because, yeah. you know, and it changed the game. Professionalism changed the game in, re- in relation to that as well because, you know, guys stayed at Leicester when I came through, you know, for less money because they wanted to be successful. Um, yeah. And, and, and as you said, it, it, it's, it's really unusual because when you take over as a head coach in rugby union, it's not like mm. football where you can go, actually, I don't like these 10, 15 players. I'm just going to get rid of them and bring in <laughs> guys that I like. Yeah. The sal- salary cap states that, you know, if you get rid of anyone, you've got to pay them out. So that's just a hole in your squad. God, you can't replace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have do, to- do you know what? And, and, and what, what's interesting when I look at um, and when you look at, we, I want to talk about the successes at Leicester that you had because you know that's much more important than you know say, say you know the last few years at the you know coaching. But I just want to talk about like from Saracens. What what Saracens realised was they were kind of going. Hang on a sec, right? We're paying these international guys who only play a certain amount. We've got these superstars from abroad who are coming on a pension, and they flipped it around. And what they did is said. Let's just get all the best young players, right? And then they got some quite good premiership players and they only had one or two superstars, right? Not not eight, one or two. And then suddenly they did average and then suddenly the young players started becoming superstars on long-term contracts. And then suddenly they all started like, Okay, on, let's not talk on, about the wage gap. Come on, let's, KB. We know that's not the truth. Okay, we, know, well, we know the reality of it. There might, there might have been a million quid over, but listen, <laughs> the story sounds better the way I tell it. For how many years, KB? That's the question. Jeez, that hey, we're was, not going to go there. That, not, was, no, that no. was just your wages, mate. That was no, just that was just. Wages, oh, God, I wish. That was just you taking it over. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, it's funny. About- I love yeah. that. I love. I love the old. You know, Lance Armstrong probably only cheated in his last year. Oh, come know? on, oh my God! I can't believe you just said that. I can't believe you <laughs> said right. that. All right, leave him at the titles. Leave him at the titles. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your titles. I mean, um, I'd, I'd love to know which one was your favourite because you've got so many. I mean, I the only thing I've got to show in my career, we won the Tetley Bitter Cup in '97, right. I think it was. No, but from from your point of view, that we all looked very jealously at the Leicester players. You know, you had a group of players that it just worked, it just clicked. It was just a mate, an amazing period. Um, but yeah, just talk about those times from your point of view because you had so much success, 
so many medals, so many trophies. It was a special, special moment of your life, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, look, I think I was really, really lucky. And, you know, you talked about the winning and, and I think winning is easy. I always say that to people. Winning is actually really, really easy when yeah. you're in a big team and you're winning. It's, it's, you know, you just go out, you expect to win, you, you turn up, you churn through the victories and, and it's great. The toughest and the best ways to learn are from your disappointments and your losses. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think I, I was incredibly lucky because of my, the length of my career at Leicester. I saw it almost you know, come around the cycle, come around a couple yeah. of times. And, and you, you know, you look at it and I look at Exeter and Saracens and they will both say, you know, Rob Baxter has said to me and, and, you know, guys, Mark McCall, guys at Saracens have said to me, we looked at the Leicester model, what made Leicester strong through the late nineties um, into the noughties and why, you know, you won those four back-to-back, two back-to-back back Europeans and yeah. took, try, tried to take the best things from that. And that's, you know, when you talk about the young players at Saracens and the academy, the guys coming through, that's what it's about. And, and similarly at Exeter. So it's, it's right. the model that, that, you know, the, getting the, the culture right is, is hugely important. Um, and the model there of having guys who want to be there is, is, is massive. You know, I was very lucky when I joined Leicester, I joined in 1997, um, came over just on a three week trial and Bob Dwyer was in charge and, and he, he, um, sort of saw something, I guess, in me, I didn't really think I was good enough to be anywhere wow. near, really? near the field. You know, I kind of got sent over by a coach. Lester trained in, in, in Limerick that summer and Eric Miller was was over here that time and Niall Malone, who were Irish internationals. And mm. I went down to, to watch them train with with a coach who had sent me to New Zealand after, you know, when I was in school. And um, they spoke to Bob Dwyer. He's like, yeah, come over on a three-week trial. And it was it was as simple as that. Myself and another one of my best man and my best friend went over with me and, um, after a couple of games, we Did they get rid of him. No, he he stayed. He stayed for three or four years. He went back and played for Connacht, and they, uh, right, okay. actually, he just had his his third hip replacement. He was a nine, oh, uh, shit, the same really? age as me. So yeah, well, most of it's been self inflicted, to be quite honest. One bicycle oh. accident and, and a uh, a lot of degenerative uh, from from all of the twisting and turning you do as a nine. But right. um, it was it was a fantastic player. Just sort of his his path was was different. Um, he actually there's, there's a YouTube of him burning Bernard Sal, and we played against the Barbarians in about ninety nine in yeah. Twickenham, and a. Uh, he basically turned him inside set, the, the old pole rocket and he was a nine, but he, he made him look slow. Oh, really? Seriously? Turned him, turned him inside out. So no, so when I, when I joined Leicester, I'd lost the European Cup in 96 um, and it really had a feel of, of a rebuild phase. Yeah. Uh, you know, the way everything was going with Bob Dwyer. Bob Dwyer left in early 98 and Bob had sort of played me 10 games in a row when I was, I was built like a, I think my nickname was Pencil um, because I was oh. that that thin and small. Um, <laughs> but, oh, those good old days, my man. Yeah, well, like yeah. the shirts. I look back at the shirts now and the shirts, yeah. when they got wet, I was probably double the, my body weight. Well, <laughs> um, that, that season was a um, Newcastle won the league 97. And it was one of those ones where, you know, I, I knew there was the beginning of something special from the squad that was there and the, and the yeah. body and the talent that were in around the squad, you know, the second yeah. A huge amount of international players, you know, guys like Perry Freshwater who were playing in the second team who went on to be an England international. But, you know, Pez was just a serious player to, you know, Dorian West in the second team, Eric Jelly, um, Dino, John Wells, you know, international quality players in your second team, Niall Malone. Um, guys who you're sort of playing with on a weekly basis, just going, this is ridiculous. I've come from Nace Rugby Club where, you know, you know, we're trying to contend now and playing yeah. with international players. And, and you find that the, 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 the learning curve just accelerates so quickly. The bar. How, yeah. How, how did you find it though? Cause look, you, you, you know, won so much stuff. That was a golden few years, wasn't it? The Europeans, yeah, especially. We, we won, but, uh, what did we win? We won four leagues back to back. Four league. Um, and then the and European. The Europeans back to back until 2003. Yes, 2003. We we after the World Cup, but the thing is, is it just a different era? Like you look at the way the team operated in 2003. You won the World Cup. Yeah, Martin Johnson 
came back and he played the following week, six days later. I think yeah, yeah, so did I in Rotherham. Yeah, horrible. We, we played London Irish the following Saturday and we were, we were down the bottom of the league. Um, we were struggling because we'd had, you know, we'd seven guys with England. We had different yeah. guys at the World Cup. Uh, and again, you know, we were struggling. We probably had 12 to 14 guys away, first team away. But guys just came back and slotted in and played the week after winning a World Cup final, six days after, you know, four, four days after landing, playing yeah. against London Irish. And we went on a run to get us, I think, to quarterfinals. It was knockouts. Yeah. And I think Bristol beat us. Yeah. That was just what the club was about. It wasn't about, God, you know, I've, I've played international rugby. It's tough. I need a week yeah. off. But you, just- I, you know, we'll talk about a bit, a bit of uh, captaincy and leadership and stuff. But Jono was, he, like, when people ask me what we was like, it, it, you, it's just, you can't say it, like, you, there's not enough words to describe how amazing of a person he was and a player he was and a leader. I mean, it must have been amazing for you. Oh, it was amazing. Like, I, I, a lot of people don't know, but when I came to Leicester first, um, I was picked up in a taxi, myself and my, my buddy, and we were taken to the house that we were going to be staying with because we were on a three-week yeah. trial. And I walked into this house and, and I was there, uh, uh, you know, kind of walking around the house going, wow, well, you know, I knew Leicester was big. I didn't know enough about Leicester, but mm. I knew obviously Martin Johnson from the Lions in 97. And I knew kind mm. of the guys who, the, the Lions was was big then, you know, living with the mm. Lions. And, I was thinking the, the people who I'm living with, you know, they're really big fans of Martin Johnson. There's pictures of them everywhere. And then obviously it was it was Martin's parents, uh, Dave and Hillary, who's who I was staying with. So Donna, Donna turned up at the at the door and was like, "You're staying in my bedroom. Don't do anything I wouldn't do." So I brilliant. I, I slept on the floor for three weeks. But you know, for me, I, I was really lucky that you know I think that he took an interest in in my career and kind of kept an, an eye on me and helped me progress and develop. Yeah. Uh, so that was really, really good. And it was actually to the, to the extent that when the, obviously the red carpet incident took place in. Oh, in, that was the most of that was. Well, look, you know, it was funny because I was getting a lot of people ringing me and, and, and a, uh, they were going, Martin Johnson is a prick. Uh, yeah. and, they, uh, and worse than that. You were playing uh, in that game. Were you, were you in the game? Oh, again? Uh, I was, I was, I was, I was playing yeah, yeah. in that game. Did I you, know, no, let's just, let's just go back to that moment because you, everyone thinks that that was pre-rehearsed, right? So you were playing the old game where let them go out. Let's wait for ages. You ran to the other side of the pitch, right? And you waited there for ages. And we lined up for ages going, come on, what's going on? No, this is true. Jordan, That's come on. bollocks. No, you eat, listen. Is- Total bollock. No, you, you were miles that, away. No, and what then, actually happened was, and I know what happened because John spoke to me. He said he was okay. in the changing. It was he was in the changing room going. It was after that you'd lost the foot and mouth game too. Was it 03? No, 04, 03, 04? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 03. Around there, no, no, it was, no, it was before that, wasn't it? No, no, it might have been 02, but the reality yeah. was the last time Matt England had been there was the replayed foot and mouth game where they were you were expected to win it. And, and yeah, we lost. Yeah. And, lost. and yeah. I think Jono in the changing room was saying, listen, these these guys, they're going to try and mess us around. We're not taking a backward step. We're, and he was giving it the yeah. rhetoric of, we are not. They're going to try and mess with us. We're not. England yeah. England walked out and walked to the wrong side of the lineup. It was it's the same every time. It was okay. the wrong side. Of, we walked out just after you and kind of there was a mass confusion like what's going on here? This is this isn't right. We're supposed yeah. to stand there. Yeah, so yeah, okay. Like, Look, it doesn't really make a difference. We'll go and stand where we stood. But yeah. then of course the Irish president comes out, Mary Robinson, yeah. absolute saint of a lady and and you know made everything good that said about her should be a yeah. set here now. But she came out and, and her protocol was, you know, I walk left and I, I come down and I, and I do the the yeah. uh, do the for, visiting team and then and then I finish with the Irish team on the right. But England had stood on the right, yeah. so Jono was there. But I knew, so they sent out an attaché or an aide. Who just yeah, and he told him to go. And he's and he was like, 
well, look, you know, you're standing in the wrong place. But of course, Jono's in the changing room. He's going, we're not changing. They're not messing with us. We're not taking a backward step. <laughs> so like, he's built a, a rod for his own back. He can't move now. No, he's he can't just, move, like, no. If, if after everything he's preached for 10 minutes or 15 minutes in, in, the, in the frenzy to get yeah. England up for this game on the back of losing their ass. Yeah, he, he's got balls and he's got balls look, of steel. He's just like, no, we're not moving. And like, I look down, I can remember looking down the tunnel and people are going, what the fuck, what's going on? And I'm going, man, they're not moving. So like, oh, I love like it. John, John's not going to move. If he has to stand there on his own, he's going to stand there on his own. And yeah. I was like, but he, he was just in that, his head was like, his head was there. He was in. And it zone. worked, mate. It worked. Well, look, we got, that was just before, I think it was before the World Cup in 03. So it would have been 02. Yeah, yeah, we won the Grand Slam. And we, yeah, yeah. We, yeah like, we, 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 you gave us a hell of a beating that Yeah, hell of a beating. But look, it was, it was, to be quite honest, you put us off. That was a dirty tactic. I didn't agree with it. And I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. But you know, do you know what? Now, now, you, now you're literally on, let's call it gardening leave, holiday. You just had a little baby. Life is amazing. And you're doing comments. You're going to, listen, you could follow my footsteps, do, you know, dancing on ice or something like that. I don't know, George. But listen, so so I want to talk about international rugby at the moment. I don't know how you feel, but I, I feel the most frustrated supporter. Um, it, the last thing I want to say to you is, uh, do you think we should get rid of Eddie Jones? But let, let's just be brutally honest, because you've not got, got no dog in the fight. Like, do you not think England, their tactics recently have been abysmal? Like, absolutely. Let, let's just forget about the World Cup final. Sorry, semi-final, that was amazing. Getting to the final is amazing. I know they won the tournament last year. Autumn Nations Cup, they just edged through. But let's just talk about how we're playing and the, the talent we've really got. He, he said a couple of weeks ago, we, you know, England, they haven't got the talent. You know, they're not coming through. And I'm thinking, just look at the Premiership. Look at some of these players. Just pick some of these players. Like Sam Simmons, you see what he's tearing up. I, I just, I'm so infuriated. I just want to get, you probably you want him to get another five years contract with England. I don't know, but what's your take on on how oh. how how you know annoyed we all are? Look, I understand it. I having been in his shoes, I'm really reticent to ever say anything bad about a coach. Yeah, because, okay, that's let, fine. Let's let's just have standalone his pedigree and how good of a coach he is. Yeah, he's one of the best, if not the best, coach in the world. Like he, he's a brilliant, brilliant coach, and you know he deserves the credit for that. Um, how can it? All right, how can it, how can a such a good I, coach I, get I, it I, so wrong though? Get well, it so wrong. You know, I don't necessarily think England have overly changed their tactics. I just think sometimes you, you go on those dip of dip of form, and I, and I think sometimes teams um, have a look at it. Now, now the law changes are are something that we should talk about again that's something that frustrates me where i see that the game can 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 improve uh, and particularly the breakdown is my biggest frustration oh well I, I want to talk to you about concussion <laughs> but I, I i don't understand where the, the jackal has just suddenly started over the last three or four years I, the, the laws have gone mad i don't know what's going on to our game but like we'll, we'll get on to that but let's go back to eddie like i, yeah. I don't think the, the tactics have changed i actually agree with eddie i think Look, okay, so there's some guys that he's not selecting, but you look at the guys that he's he's going to have to leave out to pick someone like Sam Simmons. Like Billy Vanapola has been amazing for England. You know, okay, so he didn't. Yeah. Have a good, he wasn't good this Six Nations. Uh, no. I think he put his own hand up after two or three games and think yeah. he's out of shape. There's a huge knock-on effect from the Saracens guys not playing. I agree. Uh, I, I thought that those guys, even Maro Toje, who was a shoe in for Lions selection, he gave away a lot of penalties, and that's yeah. that's not him. That that's no. you know he, he's exceptional, uh, yeah. exceptional, exceptional athlete, and. You know, I just thought that those guys, they, they, it, it hurt England, those guys not playing regular rugby. Um, mm. You know, so like maybe it was a case to bring someone like Sam Simmons in who has been tearing it up. But 
his time will come and I'm sure he'll get an opportunity. But but I, looking at that England team, I thought there were holes. I didn't think that it was as strong as previous uh, English teams gone right. by. Um, I thought there were holes in certain areas, and I was—I thought you know, I was surprised at some of the selections in the, in the squad. But um, you know, I, I think you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Um, he's a good coach. I think England are the bad Six Nations. I, I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think you know you just roll and see where go what goes next. And yeah. um, I think he he deserves because of his pedigree, he deserves you know to to not have to endure the oh let's get rid of Eddie uh, chat. You know, if, if they're terrible in a year's time, then. Yeah, let's entertain that. You must, you must have been happy, though, with the way Ireland play, because, I mean, I, I talked to my, my brother lives in Ireland and a lot, lot of friends there, and, and they they were getting to stage. They're not really massive fans of Andy Farrell. Yeah, but, look, but, that, that, that breaks me as well, because Andy Farrell is a coach, and Andy Farrell, I, I don't know, he's not a personal friend of mine. Um, no. I, know, I know a couple of the guys in the coaching team. I know Simon Easterby, who was my roommate for a long time, and John Fogarty, the scrum coach, is a very good friend of mine. Um and and I know of Andy. I obviously have had dealings with him and stuff. But like, I, I thought, you know, they lost one game in the Oval, and it was oh, you know, we're not playing great, and it's different. And, and you know, he was taking over on the back of, of from Joe Schmidt, who had a, a particular style, but probably was on a dip when when he left. Like Ireland didn't perform at the World Cup just no. he left. Now, now Joe obviously is a, again a fantastic coach. I'm, I'm not trying to criticize, criticize anyone here, but it was a really it's a tough, it's always a tough job for Andy Farrell to take over there. And you know, they lost one game in the Oval. Um, and people are going, oh, you know, Ireland are terrible. We come to this Six Nations, and you know that the, the Peter O'Mahony, uh, Peter O'Mahony isn't a dirty player. I know he got uh, two similar red cards in a season, but yeah. he's a, he's a great uh, he's a great player. He's a Lions quality player, and I, and I think you know that that instant where he gets a red card um, costs Ireland the game. Re- the reality, like we, Ireland with fourteen men, still looked like winning. Oh, no, they game. did. No, well, they look, did. Billy, Billy misses a touch, and. You know, if he puts that five out in the corner, I'm back in Ireland to get a drive over there. I'm back in Robbie Henshaw to, to, to you know, to, to barrel over. And yeah. it's, it's a win and, and it's a completely different Six Nations for Ireland. Um, you know, they, they, they played against a French team that were exceptional on the day. And, and then they, they, you know, put some good wins together. Built a bit of form against Italy and, and good win against Scotland. And then it played great, a great, great win. The last win is great. It's great for Ireland, their confidence, isn't it? And it's great for where they're going and great for the coach and, you know. Yeah, look, it's it's again, it's it's I I like the way Irish rugby is operating. I think they've got a an unbelievable underage system that's bringing really good young players through, and it's exciting. They're they're good guys coming through, and I was I was pleased for Ireland. I thought Ireland were, you know, were were the far better side on the weekend. I thought England were disappointing, and I couldn't put my finger on it why because I, I was expecting more fireworks than that. Well, on the, back, on the back of the way they played against France in the second half when they were chasing oh, the game, yeah, was, was you know what everyone hoped that England would play like but the way he's setting them up is the way to win international rugby so it's yeah, so I, I, I accept that but that, that so the, yeah, but so the balance of going out there to entertain and the balance of going out there to win like if Eddie Jones went out there and had yeah. had you know amazing entertaining 50 points score lines and they lost 60 50 yeah, we 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 we, we crucify him. We were crucifying. But I I could I could I I, I sort of sensed earlier you you're um you've got a beef about about the breakdown. It's uh, the, the breakdown is the big like it's my biggest frustration and it has been for a long time. Well, look, the law says you have to maintain your body weight in order to pick the ball up, and they've changed it up. Yeah. And every breakdown I see, I go, I'd, I'd if I'd love to be playing, I'd love to run to a breakdown and go ref. If that guy can stand up from that position. That's a miracle. I wouldn't even hit him yeah. because pe- people, uh, defensive players, brace themselves expecting to get hit in yeah. order to pop themselves back up and, and they'll put their yeah. hands on the ball. And I just see yeah. hands pass. And, and the reality of the breakdown is now, the, it's, it's 
if you're coaching, it's better to not have the ball. It's better to have a strong defense. So if you're coaching, the way to win is to kick the ball into the opposition half or the opposition 22 and defend because teams that try to play are going to have to run into breakdowns. And you've seen Peter Romani, you know, you make contact with a head. And if, if a jackling player's head is in a, you know, the area of a sort of a manhole because his head is that low beside the ball, how do you physically clean that without making contact to his head? As, as a director of rugby, I went to hearings and, you know, they were like, but did you make contact with the head? And if you say, no, no, I didn't. And they still a frame where you're, con- you're yeah. slightly in contact with yeah. the head. It's, it's double the ban. So it's, it's obscene. That so the, can- the only way you can actually clear that player out is actually to go over the top of them, roll them. Because you can't actually physically rock them without hitting their head. But, but that's but that's what I mean. So so you can't like, and you're not supposed to pull them. You're not supposed to pull them through the breakdown off their feet. So it's just it doesn't make sense to me how you're supposed to clean out a breakdown. But then they're allowing people's heads be in that area and they're saying, okay, well, the thing is, if people had to maintain their weight, like how how low can people actually get? So if your feet are right beside someone's back, you can probably get your head down to your feet. That's yeah. you know athletic people. But if you have to lean six to eight inches forward, you're going to fall over or you're going to yes. put your hands on the floor. That's just yeah. physics. That's for me, it's physics. So people who go what, long. What, what about the law though? I always thought like, uh, I always find that if, if, if it's a rook, it's a hands off the ball, right? My question is, is like, I noticed that there's a tackler go in, someone else goes over to get the ball and then two or three people join it. But yet you're still allowed to compete for the ball. And well, I'm going, but, is that but, not a rook? But again, the law says the first man is allowed to compete. So I get tackled. Okay, you're on your feet. You're allowed to compete. You get cleaned. The next guy shouldn't be allowed no, to No, exactly. I don't but, understand it. And again, the referees, I, I saw it the other week. One of the referees went, no, no, you're a second man. You're a second man. And it was a penalty. But then it goes back to the next day and it's just, there's nothing. And I just think, honestly, like... That would change no, it, yeah. It, it will. But the most important man in any game at the moment is the referee and the team up. Because, and like the, the referees, you can tell by them, they're, they're so scared of anything that goes on the screen is a disaster because yeah. it goes on the screen. It's like, well, he's made contact with his head. So there's going to be a card. As soon as the TMO goes, well, hold on, you have to have a look at that. There's, there's, there's a collision with the head there. It's, and, and the referee's hands are tied because they're like, okay, well, to the letter of the law, yes, there is, there's clear contact with the yes. head. Yeah. My frustration is there's just so many different yeah. collisions with the head that don't get brought to attention of. And people are like, it, it, and it costs games. I watched, who did I watch? Exeter Sale uh, a few weeks back. And uh, Jack Yandel got red carded for a, for a, ex- exactly, well, very similar to, to the Peter Manny. He, he looked like he had his arm out and he went over the top. And it was, I didn't think it was quite, it was anywhere near as bad as Peter Manny's. But the referee was put on the screen. The referee went, look, you know what? That's a, uh, that's a, a red card. And, yeah. and you know, th- th- you can't argue with that. But then 15 minutes from the end of the game, Exeter come off the top of the line out. Devoto hits it up. There's a rook. And the hooker who missed the jump off the back of the, the, the line out runs around the corner and just runs in, shoulder down, hits Devoto in the head. And it's not even mentioned. And then he's the guy that scores the try to win the game for sales sort of five, seven minutes later. And it's like, if, if you're Rob Baxter there... As in that's that's what I don't miss. It's like it's, it's so. Just- if you were to change anything in the moment, if you were to change anything, that would be the break. Like you say, if the breakdowns become because they made it sort of like I think we watched the is it Oratora the the New Zealand sort of uh, that that was when they started refing it massively and everyone was like, hang on a sec, the breakdown you can't roll two roll anymore. That it's going to be refereed really hard and everyone was like, oh. You know, see, so I noticed everyone's kicking it away, and it's like, but then, like you say, that's the, they're actually interpreting it the wrong way about the law, aren't they? 
Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah, well, exactly. You know, they're, they're, they sort of said, "Look, we want to we want to put the advantage on the defensive team, and we want yeah. to we want to have those competitions." And that's not a problem if it's clearly yeah. refereed as he has to be able to maintain his body weight, so it, which should bring his head a little bit higher out of the contact area, at least give a target area to to enter in to make it safer. And yeah. the second man can't take the ball. It's it's you know, and and I think then that would encourage teams to act actually hold on to the ball and play some phases because right now if you're in your own half and you're not there on time it's a penalty to the defense i think it's advantage defense and it's all been refereed to advantage given advantage to the defense i just you may have read in the papers a lot about this concussion stuff did you have any concussions in your time you look you sound too sharp to have had any concussions like me look i think i think everybody back in the day had it and it was a very different era uh, in mm. relation to, you know, you, you could be, I'm sure you were punched and kicked quite a lot of times when you played against Peter Clossey. So the yeah. are, <laughs> yeah. he, was the one, he was the one that ripped your shorts off with his studs. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, um, it was a very different era. And, and I, yeah. and, I and, you know, I don't think anyone who played in the era, knowing what we know now would have sort of signed up and gone, Oh, you know, I definitely would have done it. But I, and I, I've had concussions. I've had bangs on the head, and I didn't even know there were concussions. And, and you know, obviously, it's it's a um, the, the player's safety is is a huge thing. But you know, for me, I always was aware that rugby was a contact sport or a collision sport. And and mm. you know, I, I think it was you know injuries were kind of talked about when I was young. And you know, it was kind of oh, you know, when we're older, we're going to be, and you know, yeah. we won't be perfect. And it was it was something rugby. I came from the amateur era where you did it because you loved it. Uh, yeah, of course. And I think I, I still have that. So I, I totally get the the, the 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 cases that are coming forward. But um, from my point of view, I, I just you know the sport's been very very good to me. Mm. And and they um yeah look I, I think that you know obviously the research needs to be done. I think the research obviously I, I was involved in it at Leicester. We had a couple of incidents you know when I was an assistant coach that probably weren't handled well enough and and mm. um you know looking at those it wasn't any sort of any anything sinister it was just you know you could actually see where the, the mistakes happened yeah uh, i think there was an incident at northampton where one player was actually already off having a hia when another got a bang on the head and um then the wrong footage was sent to the doctor who was in sort of doing a doing a HIA oh, with no. player one and a player who was concussed probably stayed on the field too long and, and it was something that you know, when I took over at Leicester uh, with with the head of medical Ed, Ed Hollis, you know, it was one of the things that I wanted to address and say, look, we were, we're going to be the best in the world in relation to to, to looking after players and 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 yeah. and, I, and I think when I was there, we, we did that very very well. Um, but the research and, and the, the the development and, and sort of I suppose the the concern is is definitely needed. So so I think rugby's is is dealing with it as well as possible. So last question, I just obviously I, I don't know whether you're I think your favorite position ended up being fullback. So your Lions back three, just to finish off the podcast. And by the way, it's been great having you on. Love listening to you. Could could talk for another hour, but your your your, your Lions current Lions starting uh back three. Mm. A very difficult question. Um it's got to be Hogg at fullback. Come on, you're not going to yeah, say Yeah, yeah, look, I, I thought Stuart Hogg, Hogg's performance against England was exceptional. I yeah, thought, it was. I thought yeah. he was just world. I thought he was like, he's very off, very, not very often I gush about a fullback, but yeah. it, he was exceptional, you know, and I think England kicked him the ball and they tried to put him under pressure and his footwork mm-hmm. got him out of trouble and his kicking game was like, unbelievable. Amazing. That, that spiral, that 75-meter spiral, I, oh. I just... 
I just, I literally, I think I clapped. I just went. <laughs> well, you would do. It's against England, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's just that skill. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a skill that you don't see very often. And, and guys like Ronan O'Gara practiced it and practiced it and practiced yeah. it. And, and just to be, particularly on the run, flat stick, to be able to just check and put that kick in was, yeah. I thought, you know, he's he's a, just a class operator. So he would definitely be there. Um, you know, I've been really impressed by Reece Samet. Really, really impressed. Oh, so good, like, isn't he? I'd like to see him get an opportunity. I just, I just been so. I thought he's he's been. Uh, he's unbelievable. It, like if someone said he had eighty caps and you didn't follow rugby and know he was only nineteen, twenty, you'd be like, he's got eighty caps. You know, he's like a George North. I know he hasn't got the size, but he is. He is a superstar, isn't he? He he did brilliant. Yeah. And look, you know, George North. He played most of his rugby as a thirteen, but you know how destructive he can be on the wing as well so he would be he would be up there for selection um you okay know, yeah. Watson Johnny May class players Keith Earls you know he oh what a try well, look he, he's pretty much what a guy a try. No, no one's really talked about now I'm Irish so I'm, I'm obviously clearly biased but yeah he's been there he's done it he still manages to do everything right um yeah. doesn't make mistakes uh, he's a machine he you know he's been on a Lions tour no one's talked him up he can finish tries like he did his his competition in the air Oh, he's a, like Gaelic football. He's amazing, isn't he? You know, and, and that's yeah. some, some of those guys that have against that. South Africa. Yeah. Against South Africa, you know, you, you just need someone who's going to compete in the air. Yeah. And to be quite honest, he does that up there with the best of them. So yeah. um, I'm not going to pick the, the third spot, but I've mentioned enough bodies there. Okay. I, I, thought, right. I, thought, I thought Duan van der Merwe was, was brilliant. James Very Lowe. Good. They, they, they both give you a really well, different... I, yeah, I like James Lowe with that left foot. He can kick it in my... I thought, yeah, why did they drop him? I know he missed one tackle, but bloody hell, I thought he was yeah. doing really well. You know, he, he's, he's had a he's had a, a good comp, a good tournament, Duan van der Merwe. They, they both give you a different dynamic in that they're mm. both, you know, 110 kilogram plus yeah. fast and they physically take you on, which, you know, if you wanted that, that dynamic... I suppose George North gives it to you, but um, yeah. they, they both did that pretty well. So I think he'll be thirteen. So what, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life now? What, what's the plan, right? So what, what, what? I know you're going to be enjoy being a dad. You're not going to go into another coaching role, or you're going to give it a, give it a rep. What are you going to do? What do you yeah, want? Look, do you want to coach again? Oh, look, to be to be quite honest, I'd, I'd have a look. I love the game. I love right. I love okay. I love rugby. And okay, I'm sort of, I, I do say I have sort of rediscovered a love for rugby. So um, it's interesting, you know, when you have a little bit of time away and you're looking at it, and, and you know, if if the, the definitely if the right role came up, I, I would consider it. I, it'd be difficult to convince my wife, and that I think she's quite. <laughs> She quite enjoys having me at home, particularly with three young kids. She, she's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's got some help. But, you know, my quality of life has definitely improved um, yeah. away from it. Um, now in saying that, I've got to go out and get some get some jobs. So, you know, it's it's fascinating what comes out and what's out there. And, and I've had some brilliant meetings and some great beginning, you know, to get some opportunities developing. And, and it's it's. I suppose it's humbling, really, when when you're involved in the rugby bubble. It's you know head down and it's just the grind. Yeah, yeah. You're at it, and, and it's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's twenty four seven, and you love it, and you're there at you know six in the morning until eight at night, and then you might have more work to do, and you know you're constantly thinking about it, constantly stressing. Um, so it's it's nice to come away from that and actually just go, wow, you know, I'm I'm a better human being. I'm a better dad. I'm a better yeah, husband. Yeah, great. Um, so I kind of want to keep an element of that in there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's like the pe- people come out of the woodwork. Friends of friends of yours, of mine, that that you know, you kind of just think, wow. And, they, and people are bending over backwards to try and help and you know give advice. And and they um, yeah. I, rugby's that that's why it's an unbelievable sport. Like you know, I, I think yeah. it's 
it's a unique sport in that it's, it's as close to battle you can get without actually having to shoot bullets. You know, I think, you know, your, your, your jobs, your roles depend so closely on your friends and your teammates that, you know, mm-hmm. you make lifelong friendships and, and they, uh, when you're in times of trouble, those guys all come back to help you out. So, um, of course they do. They, uh, well, yeah. well, listen, but listen, but great having you on. Love talking to you. I could go on forever. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Good luck with with the little one. Hope uh, hope, hope to see you back in uh, in work on the on the on the side of a pitch, pulling your hair out and getting sort of no, catching up with me. No, no, Do you no. know what I mean? Catching up with hey, me. Please, please, we should get the goo. We should get on the uh, old goody. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I've already had that done. It didn't work. Did, did you kidding me? It didn't work. Uh, it didn't work. It did for a bit, but then it all fell out again. Don't do it. Don't do really? it. Was it, yeah. sore? Was it sore? <laughs> it was actually. It's really sore. Don't be doing it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm no. not sure. I, uh, I'm not sure. I, um, my wife would be overly pleased if I told her I'm going to spend some money on getting some new hair. Oh, she'll just say, "I just want another kitchen, new kitchen." Yeah, yeah exactly. She said, "Just shave your shoulders and get some Pritt stick." I've got enough on my shoulders. Oh, I know. Listen, great having you on. Really yeah. appreciate your time. Good Listen, man. good luck with everything. Look forward Thanks to seeing up. you on the, on the side of the pitch. Cheers, mate. Take care. Kieran Bracken, Rocket. Rocket will be back in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Join the Six Nations and see you soon.